everybody. Welcome to episode 260 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. On today's show, we are going to talk about our results from week eight in the NFL, hit on some of the interesting stats and storylines from the week. Joey, this was honestly one of the more crazy weeks in recent memory. We had five players, Joey, five players on the main slate score three touchdowns. We had Tony Pollard with no Zeke, chalkiest player on the slate, three rushing touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, also stone chalk, a rushing touchdown, two receiving touchdowns. AJ Brown, three touchdowns. That was the guy that we both named as one of our favorite tournament plays of the week. Shout out to us, Deontay Foreman, no Chuba Hubbard, no problem. 26 touches, three rushing touchdowns, and the man that he replaced, Christian McCaffrey with the trifecta, 40 points on DK. We'll get into that a little bit later. But man, I don't know if I can remember a single week since we've been doing this where we had this many different players all go nuclear in the same week. Yeah, I mean, just a, a very high scoring week across the NFL, a lot of shootouts, this week from some games that we didn't think would shoot out and a lot of the chalk ended up smashing in terms of DraftKings uh, which has been a consistent theme across the NFL season so far so yeah just uh, every week play the highest owned players and you'll profit easy game I mean so what is that is it just that projections are so good now that the the chalk is like better than it's been in years past or is this just short sample variance where like this happens to be a bunch of weeks where the chalk is smashing and it'll be you know regulated as time goes on like what do you think is the cause of this because it's it's every single week now where like the chalk is smashing yeah I mean I, I I do think it's a combination of many things I think it's you know on one hand just DraftKings underpricing players but obviously you can't predict injuries late in the week with Zeke getting ruled out and Tony Pollard still being at 6100 just a total smash uh, projections are going to be all over that and then speaking of projections I mean they are just very very good now especially if you use certain websites or pretty much any credible website in the DFS industry is going to have very good projections nowadays and I think it's just a combination of both of those things and the field is just so sharp now I think there is still some edges left in DFS and that's why DFS will never die but in cash games I mean I the the best plays just make themselves each and every single week and I, I think that people are just getting better at identifying the best plays and and the spots to attack I mean that makes sense and and the field was all over it this week Alvin Kamara 42 points Tony Pollard 36 DJ Moore 30 Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, all extremely chalky, all over 30 points. I mean, it, it was just a wild week and we knew the plays and they hit. So for cash games, right, we talked about Sam Ellinger and, and that was kind of the talking point this week. Do we play him at 4K? He's a rushing quarterback, supposedly. And even if he busts, he's probably not killing you. Well, he absolutely busted. Right, He finished with 201 passing yards, zero touchdowns, only 15 yards rushing, and a fumble. That totaled up to be 8.54 fantasy points. He was QB 20 out of 22 on the main slate, and one of them was Derek Carr who got hurt. He was just an absolute bust this week in all facets as a fantasy play. But if you were on the right plays and, and you paid up for the right guys, we were right, and it still did not kill you. You know, I played him, and Cash got 8.5 points from my quarterback and still put up 182 
52.04 points, good for a 61.5% win rate in head-to-heads and a 100% cash rate in double-ups. Pretty good week in cash despite, you know, eating uh, the Ellinger bus week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we knew that this was in the range of outcomes, and, you know, it was very likely that he was going to score between, like, 8 to 13, 14 points. Kind of just unfortunate that, you know, he didn't get a rushing touchdown. He did end up with, they called it a touchdown to Pittman, but then they ruled him down at, like, the one-inch line, Yep, I believe. Yep. Um, and, and it was a pop pass where, you know, Pittman just runs in front of his face, and he popped it to him. Uh, so that was kind of bad that... Pittman didn't get in for this four extra points. So it could have been a better day for Ellinger. Those just don't show up, um, you know, on the stat Mm -hmm. sheet, obviously. But still, from a process standpoint, he was the correct play. Just in terms of what he allowed you to do with the rest of your cash game lineup, uh, you had to be playing Sam Ellinger. I think if you didn't play him, it was definitely bad process, especially with all of the must plays at other positions. You know, Henry, Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Like, all of those guys were good plays, and to fit those guys in, you needed Sam. So, if you didn't play him, you should probably just reevaluate your process and fix it moving forward. But, nonetheless, I mean, maybe I need to reevaluate what I'm doing because I didn't make it past the cash line. My cash lineup finished with 165 on this slate, and where I went wrong was I didn't play Camaro, but I did play Derrick Henry, who was 1,300 more and scored four less points then Kamara who finished with 42 Derek Henry finished with 38 so that wasn't bad and I played Waddle and Waddle kind of matched Tyreek Hill so I think that kind of worked out in the end like that 2v2 specifically but I didn't play DJ Moore did not play DJ Moore just just pure pain that is pain and I mean listeners from last week might remember both of us were fading Kenneth Walker last week who busted off you know a 74 yard touchdown to bury us at the last second in cash and then just as that game is closing I mean was that another 70 yard touchdown it was, it was either that or like 60 that, that was crazy by dj Moore. it was a 65 yard touchdown so when we take it into account the catch the yards at 7.5 the touchdown puts him at 13.5 plus the bonus puts him at 16.5 for that play he finished with 30 points so before that play he was at 13 fantasy points at 5300 with 15 seconds left to go <laughs> P.J. Walker had the longest throw credited by next-gen stats in terms of air yard distance in NFL history on that throw. Wow. I hope you know that. Really? P- so P.J. Walker is him. P.J. Walker is bringing back the XFL glory version of P.J. Walker where he was the best quarterback in that league. <laughs> he might be the best quarterback in that division. Per next-gen stats, P.J. Walker's touchdown pass to, D- to D.J. Moore traveled 67.6 yards in the air the longest completion by air distance in the next gen stats era completion probability 11 percent. just absolutely insane man wow and that's how i lose in fucking cash <sighs> there's nothing Great. you can do there's nothing you can do there i mean i think dj moore was a phenomenal play i think that he was a, he, he, he should have been in cash but obviously that's kind of like an insane run out you know like I would have been happy with the the 13 to 14 points out of him. That was just like the, the cherry on top. And I was right there with you. Did not end up playing Camara. Only ran two running backs this week. Pollard was a stone cold lock. And I also went the Henry route. I mean, this dude has done it again. 
Man, 32 attempts for 219 and 2. Was there a bigger lock this week than Derrick Henry going for his fourth 200-yard and two-touchdown game against the Texans? I mean, this thing was was destiny. Like, we all knew this was going to happen. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Did anybody have a doubt in their mind that Derrick Henry wasn't going to fucking smash in this spot? Or nah? I I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's like... I was sitting there in cash watching Alvin Kamara get three touchdowns dunked on my head as I as I faded him as stone cold chalk. Literally, Joey, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I had zero concern because I knew I had 35 plus coming in the afternoon games. I, I just knew it. It's like I'm looking, I'm I'm, bu- I'm buried all day in cash, no sweat. I'm like, it's straight because once Derrick Henry touches the field, I'm going to be right back in it. And that's exactly what happened, man. Shout out to the big dog. We hyped him up all week and he absolutely delivered. I mean, yeah. Shout out to the fucking big dog. Just an incredible game. Obviously, we knew that was coming 100%. I mean, the nuts was playing Derrick Henry and Kamara together in cash, if you could fit it, which you could have, and Pollard. And I'm pretty sure I was toying with the lineup that had all three in. And I got off that. No, yeah, it was it was really hard to fit, but it was possible. And I mean, if you hit that, you you smashed everything. But really just getting any combination of the two, you were probably good. I think a lot of people had, you know, Josh Jacobs or Kenneth Walker stuff in cash and that could have buried them. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like if you were paying attention this week, it would have been pretty hard not to win as long as you had like two of Kamara, Pollard, Tyreek, Waddle, or Henry, you were probably good in cash. And if you didn't have two of those guys in in your cash lineup, you probably didn't have a good cash lineup. So I don't know. It felt like a week where if you played correctly, you probably got there. Let's talk about some of the interesting stats and storylines from the week already referenced CMC. And and we talked pretty extensively about Christian McCaffrey this week and how we believed that it wouldn't be long before he became the focal point of the 49ers offense. And I mean, this week he was the 49ers offense, one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown and a passing touchdown that had only happened 10 times in NFL history, most recently in 2005 from Ladanian Tomlinson, CMC becomes the 11th player in NFL history to do so. Just an awe-inspiring performance out of Christian McCaffrey and his ceiling in this offense is scary to think about. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how Kyle Shanahan would most likely use CMC in a lot of creative ways and, you know, came to fruition. Like you said, hit the trifecta. Uh, first time that's been done in you know 17 years and CMC an elite player himself in an elite offense with a bunch of talent and I think it was uh definitely helped with Debo Samuel being out so we're gonna have to see how this offense functions with Debo Samuel in you know a guy that you want to get the ball but nonetheless I mean it's Christian McCaffrey at the end of the day and he, he was a phenomenal tournament pivot, and he ended up paying off big time. Yeah, it's just a shame because so many running backs got there. It's like you felt like maybe you separated with Camaro, but then two other running backs put up 35-plus, or, or three other running backs put up 35-plus. So it was really tough this week unless you had at least, I would say, two of the top five running backs who all scored over 30 this week, and, and most of them, except for CMC, were relatively popular. So uh, tough from a tournament perspective there. We already talked about Derrick Henry's dominance right and I don't think that it would have made a difference who was starting yesterday like Henry was going for that 202 no matter what but it didn't hurt Derrick Henry that Mike Vrabel and the Titans coaches don't appear
appear to have any trust whatsoever in Malik Willis to do anything other than hand the ball off. He completed 6 out of 10 passes for 55 scoreless yards, only 12 yards rushing. They just didn't let him throw it all. I mean, this dude had one pass attempt in the entire second half. Like, they're they're running the Marcus Mariota playbook out there. Yeah, I mean, could have seen that coming. You know, in a game that the Titans were most likely going to dominate, Derrick Henry obviously is the Houston Texans owner at this point. Made a ton of sense to just limit Malik Willis. Let the big dog do his thing. So I wasn't on Malik Willis at all, you know, on DraftKings or prize picks or props or anything like that. I think it was just a clear-cut spot to avoid. Obviously, with Willis, it's kind of like his rushing upside is what you're buying into. And he didn't even really do that, which was disappointing to see. But this is Ryan Tannehill's team moving forward. And you know, he should be back next week. So, yep, absolutely. Didn't talk too much this week about Travis Etienne and what our expectations were for him with the Jags playing in London on Sunday morning. But the Jags traded away James Robinson earlier in the week. We got our full first look at Etienne in the monster workhorse workload, and he smashed, you know, 24 attempts, three catches on three receptions, 27 total touches for 162 yards from scrimmage, and a touchdown, 28.2 points on DraftKings and the training wheels are off with ETN. It's a full go. Yeah, I mean, Travis ETN, a big play monster. Seems like he rips off a big play every single week and he's going to be in play next week on DraftKings. I believe he's either 63 or 6400 in a good spot. So yeah, I mean, just a just going to be a full workhorse and he has a ton of upside and a ton of big play potential. Yeah, I mean, just fortunate that, you know, James Robinson got moved for ETN to be honest. Fifth round, best ball ETN teams looking really good here down the stretch. Joey, the last thing that I want to touch on before we get to injuries of note, Kyler Murray completed 31 of 44 attempts, 326 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 36 yards on the ground when it was all said and done. Good for 29.64 points on DraftKings made him the quarterback two on the main slate behind Tua. You know, that's pretty standard, right? Like that's a standard stat line for Kyler Murray. The only reason I bring it up is because Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 (laughs) came out this week. So I don't know, like, what are we seeing from Kyler Murray? Is this new devotion? Is this him living up to, you know, the haters talking down on him in the offseason? You know, he doesn't put enough time into the game away from the team. Well, you know, maybe he's not playing COD because he went out and had a great game this week. So what do we think? Is this a scenario of Kyler Murray's dedication to the game? Or was it just that the Cardinals played in Minnesota, they were on the road, and he didn't have a setup? What do we think here with Kyler Murray uh, and and his relation to COD? Yeah, I mean, I think that... (laughs) It's obviously an overblown narrative, but it's pretty funny, <laughs> right? It, it is pretty funny, and we, we did talk about it. They were on the road, so he wasn't at his setup, so he probably hasn't played before the game. Hmm. So I would like to see how he plays in this game against the Seahawks now that he's at home. They're presumably back in Arizona. You know, they've been there for a couple hours. He probably loaded up Cod as soon as they got back last night. Yep. Okay. You want 100% he loaded up Cod. There was actually an MW2 tournament yesterday, the first one of the year, last night. So he was probably tuned into that, watching that with a bunch of big streamers. I mean, I, w- I want to see how it affects him this week. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely be the litmus test. We'll keep a close eye on, on Kyler Murray. I mean, have you played? 
Yeah, have you played MW2 yet? I mean, I, I played it a little bit. Um, I still don't have it on my PC, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I played the beta. I played on PS5, and it, it's pretty good. I just have to I just have to buy it. But, you know, the, the thing is, it's like they have the perfect business model. All right, $70 now for a game. I remember the good old days when it was like fucking $59.99. Yeah, they're taxed Now it's out. $70 plus. They have the perfect business model. They make everybody buy the game because you have to level up your guns, and then when Warzone 2 drops, that's where everybody's going to gravitate towards. I'm never going to touch Modern Warfare 2 again after Warzone 2 drops, you know, assuming that it's a good game. But you still need to play and buy it because you'll be behind in Warzone 2 if you don't level up your guns. So, so ba- it's a perfect business model. you basically have to pay $70 to be even remotely competitive in Warzone 2, which is going to be one of the most... I mean, it'll probably be... It is the most highly anticipated game since Warzone 1. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to be competitive and not get clapped up, you have to buy Modern Warfare 2. I just really don't want to spend $70 on a game that I'm going to play for a month. I'm, so I'm I don't, just I don't disappointed, know what to do. dude. Like, I, I looked at the, the map list. They don't even have any of the classics from OG Modern Warfare 2. I mean, I know that they'll probably add them as like the season. They have them in Warzone 2. They have them in the Warzone 2 map. Right. Okay. They don't yeah, have no, actual mean, like yeah, yeah. the actual throwback maps. I mean, I believe that they have they've confirmed that they will add some of them eventually to the game, but I, I'm just a little disappointed because like that was, you know, my favorite Call of Duty growing up and I, I wanna, you know, relive the glory days. So hopefully that comes in. If they add some of my favorite classics, high rise, terminal, etc., then I'm I might have to uh pop in and drop that seventy dollars just for the sake of nostalgia. But we'll talk some more COD when Warzone two drops. I think we'll both be back in on that. Let's talk about some of the injuries of note, Joey. The big one, LA Rams fans holding their breath is Cooper Cup gets hurt on really a terrible situation that McVay put the team in. Like, why is Cooper Cup even still out there playing in the final minute when the game is 31-14? He gets hurt on a tiny six-yard catch and... I mean, it was a huge scare, ankle injury. They say that it, they don't believe it to be too serious. But with the current state of this Rams team, if Cooper Cup gets hurt, this team is toasted. I mean, they may be toasted no matter what, but just very careless coaching decision by Sean McVay in this spot. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You don't want to see your best player injured, but, you know, they're still football players. They're still out there competing and, and trying to win games. And injuries are just part of the game. But it, it looks like he avoided a serious injury, just a standard ankle sprain. He should be ready to go for next week uh, which is good to see and at least it wasn't a high ankle sprain you know an injury that can really uh, hurt the outlook of the rest of your season just take a look at Jonathan Taylor for example so yeah just glad that he avoided a clear-cut injury there Looks like Devontae Parker avoided a serious knee injury as well. Jeremy Fowler tweeted out that it looks like it was good news and more of a knee sprain than serious knee injury. I didn't see this play, but good to hear that Devontae Parker is unlikely to miss a significant amount of time here for the Patriots. Yeah, shout out, shout out the Patriots. Just grinding out games somehow, some way, getting dubs. <laughs> Game after game, they're going to find a way. I mean, the only fantasy-relevant player on the Patriots is Ramondre Stevenson, but at least Devontae Parker isn't seriously injured. Hey, hey, chill, man. Jacoby Myers getting 12 targets every fucking game. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I just said that. Jacoby Myers... (laughs) 
is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, he's putting in work. He is putting in work, and we're finally seeing that touchdown regression. Like, last year, did he just, like, not have a touchdown coming into last year? And we're like, it's got to yeah. come. He has all these targets. And this he year, had, he's getting He had there. two last year, one. And, and this year, he has three already, so. You you just love to see it. We, we always root for Jacoby. This is a Jacoby Myers-friendly podcast here. A couple other injuries here real quick. Irv Smith with an ankle injury is getting an MRI TB how serious that is but I mean Irv has already not had the best role got vultured yesterday with a Johnny Munt touchdown it's it's I don't know Irv is you know really on the precipice of a fantasy relevance and this could sort of push him off you know live live tweet right now four minutes live ago tweet. from Ian Rappaport RB Mark Ingram suffered a grade two MCL sprain likely out three to four weeks we talked on this podcast uh, earlier in the week how Alvin Kamara the touchdowns were due he he hadn't had one coming into this game popped off for three and no Mark Ingram might keep the hot streak going for Alvin Kamara going forward yeah I mean I don't think Mark Ingram was a huge factor but he would still you know come out play a decent amount of snaps and get some touches but Kamara is definitely the guy there um just going to be interested to see the potential return of Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry impact Camara. I think his surge in like past game production was definitely coincided by those guys getting hurt. So they should be back this week or next week. So I want to see what Kamara's usage is with the pass game is with those guys back rather than Mark Ingram not being there, who I don't think is that much of a factor at this point in his career either way. Makes sense. I mean, is Michael Thomas ever coming back? I mean, it's always something with this dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe Always. it when I see it. I will believe that he is coming back when I see it, man. We did the same shit all last year. Like, up, he's, he'll be back next week. Just every single week, never came back. I, we'll see. We'll we'll see with MT. We'll we'll fucking see. We'll be seeing. Uh, last injury here. Christian Watson suffered a concussion last week. This entire Packers offense is reeling. They have absolutely nothing on offense right now. Looked like Watson was going to be a factor early in the game, but Packers still desperate for wide receiver help. I think they make a move in the next 24 hours. Yeah. Did you see the video of the dude that was in the stands and he was like talking to the owner? Well, I guess they don't have an owner, but (laughs) talking to like the head of the organization or or something. I don't know his exact role, Uh, but he was like, dude, are you guys going to trade for a wide receiver? And he was like, Tuesday. Mm. Did you see that video? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they go out and make a move. They definitely should. Uh, I mean, Elijah Moore played 10 snaps, so maybe he's on the block there uh, operating as the Jets wide receiver five. <laughs> I think Chase Claypool would be a good addition. Any addition to this Baron Packers receiver core would be beneficial for Rodgers, especially if they want to make uh, a little bit of a run here in the uh, back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, they, they ain't making a run, but yeah, they, they should probably at least try. Like, this team is, is toasted, but it, it's all right. We'll see what they do. Yeah, Elijah Moore did play 10 snaps, had one target, zero catches. After the game, Robert Sala said they just wanted to get uh, Garrett Wilson more involved. Like, damn, bro. They hate this guy, Elijah Moore. I don't know what happened in between last year and this year, but something definitely happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, he's playing as a Jets wide receiver five. Maybe they're trying to team teach him a lesson but like if you're trying to win games you need your best players on the field I, I don't I don't get it but they're they're the Jets for a reason so facts this one doesn't count as an injury 
But it is funny that Will Fuller is officially retired. GG's the most significant thumb injury in the history of sports. Yeah, he retired. Chalk it up. Chalk it up. Hang up he, the boots. Never have fucking, to mention him again. He retired. He fucking retired. That's actually insane. That's a huge L for the best ball portfolio. But that shit's already chalked either way. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. R.I.P. Will Fuller. R.I.P. Will Fuller. What a waste of money. All right. <laughs> That is going to be it for episode 260 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Dose Media Net, as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on within the network, you can join our inner circle via the free Discord chat. Link to find that is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.